quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Hey, can you dig it? Too many words. I go with two. Yes, guy. Welcome aboard. Yes, guy. Presented by our friends Hyundai Canada. Experience the all-new Elantra with their state-of-the-art sedan that elevates every journey with intuitive features like an available 10.25-inch touchscreen display with available wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto plus advanced safety technology like available parking collision avoidance assist. The all-new Elantra goes above and beyond to keep you connected and protected. Learn more about the all-new Elantra by visiting HyundaiCanada.com or your local dealership. Now, that's a plan. Perry Left goes my co-host. Perry, how are you today, sir? Jim, I'm totally amped because this is week two of Yes Guy, and we got a lot of good feedback after the first episode. Yeah, so let's keep it going. A couple of storylines, and by the way, let me tell you who our guests are. Nick Kiprios will stop by in about three minutes. Um, after that, Angie Bolaro, and she has written a book about Manon Rayom and uh, is going to do a movie on the same subject. And after that, Ricky Johnson, uncle of The Rock. So we won't have any trouble at all getting the hour filled today, that's for sure. Uh, maybe... Uh, my favorite story of the week is uh, what they're going to do with the uh, the local ball yard, uh, new home for the Jays. How about you? Well, I think the uh, Sky Dome Rogers Center, whatever names it goes by, has served its purpose. It was great when it opened because of the retractable roof. But, yeah, the time has come to make it a more of a baseball-friendly type of uh, venue. It's an interesting premise because we all can remember when it first opened, 1989, and I think within a year of it opening, all of a sudden the architecture decided, uh, you know, the architects decided to change how ball yards were built, and they decided to go retro, and, uh, you know, the Sky Dome, the Rogers Center, whatever, it, it, you know, was at the end of an era, and unfortunately, uh, you know, you don't want to be at the end of an era because everything changed after that, and I was talking to one of my real estate buddies today, Charles Park, who's a broker at uh, Remax West, and he was telling me about uh, not only is the economic life of the building a deciding factor uh, in, in terms of how you move forward with this, and we're going to have him on next week so we can take you through the economic life of a building because that's a, an interesting subject about how you know the accountants sort of write uh, the diminishing asset off over a number of years, then it can't be written off anymore. But his theory was uh, technology has passed it by, and, and it's a lot of concrete and that doesn't really help with Wi-Fi and things like that. And it's just it's unfortunate because at the time, as we all remember, it was a great facility. It just time passed it by real quick. What I remember most about the Sky Dome was just the retractable roof when it's opening up. And it's like this amazing thing. It takes about half an hour to do. The other thing, too, is when it's a lousy day, when it's cold, when it's raining, you could always count on the game being played. When you go into an open-air stadium, you know, it's a little bit more friendly in terms of the confines. But I tell you, when, it, when it's cold, rainy, damp, snow, you're going to miss the Sky Dome. Well, that's true. I mean, if you're old enough, you remember why there was a need for a covered building in the first place. Certainly with the Argonauts and the Jays, all you have to do is look at that first Blue Jay game ever and see the snow and understand, especially in the location where it was on the lakefront, uh, where you can get some nasty weather. And certainly Argonaut football games and Grey Cups in the past were marred by weather problems. So there's no there's no issue about needing a covered stadium. The question is, uh, what will it be configured like and, and where will it be? And it's an interesting discussion that could go on for a number of years 
Uh, and uh, the people that have been quoted in the various stories have said no public money involved, and I think there's a real estate plan that sort of uh, fronts the whole thing. And it's an interesting premise also is years ago you used to build a sports facility and then build around it gradually, and I think that whole process has been reversed where you build around and the sports facility comes in at the end. That's an interesting transition in a 30-year span also. They have all that land, so they could build a smaller stadium and have the infrastructure with a hotel and, and entertainment and all that. But I remember I was there for that first game in, you know, 1977, 78. It was cold, but it was the most amazing thing. Were you there? I was not there, but I was uh, I was actually working in Hamilton at a radio station. I have the program from the game, but I was not there. But I recall it well. And, and, you know, quite frankly, at that time, that's all we had, right? So nobody was thinking, well, we need a covered stadium. They were just happy to see the Jays. And that's what I'm getting at. I think anybody who was there would say it was amazing watching this thing, and I think anybody who wasn't there will probably say they were there because there was probably more people that think they were there than they were. Everyone has a story about it, whether they were – saw it on TV, watched it in person. Baseball was finally in Toronto, and it was the most amazing thing. Yeah, it still is uh, marvelous how fast things can change, but uh, that's the world we live in. And uh, that's one of the other stories that will follow today. Sarah Fuller uh, suited up for Vanderbilt in a SEC Power 5 game, which is a landmark participation. She's a keeper with the Vanderbilt uh, soccer team, won a championship last week, and due to COVID, there's an opening on the roster. So she is suited up and expected to play today. That game's on TSN. Yeah, it's interesting they're going to have her as a kicker, um, which is funny because it's probably the least you know visible position unless it's going to come to a game-tying field goal, a game-winning field goal, and then you're really going to, you're really going to notice her. But uh, hopefully you know, she's uh, proud of the fact she's uh, making history and, uh, and she has a good game. It'll be great for everybody. It's a great story. Well, and she goes from keeper to kicker which is an interesting transition. Uh, looking forward to our conversation with Nick Kiprios. That should happen rather shortly. Uh, Angie Bolero will be by, and she's got the Menon Rion book. It's a, it's a kid's book, right? And she's going to do a movie as well on the subject. And, of course, in 92, uh, she suited up for Tampa in an exhibition game in 93, again, for Tampa against Boston, and, and just a lot of pro hockey at the minor level, the IHL, the ECHL, uh, you know, an interesting hockey career, but a, a fascinating story, to say the least. Again, she's a groundbreaker, a pioneer, way ahead of her time. Now, women's hockey, professional women's hockey, it's there, it's relevant, it's abundant. But again, she was on her own, literally on her own, because she had to dress in another dressing room. So it's interesting, it's great that all these years later, people will have a chance to see this movie and appreciate, you know, just what she was going through, what Phil Esposito did to sign her, because they needed something to get this team to be uh, attractive to the local audience. And, of course, our final guest will be Ricky Johnson, uncle of The Rock. And, uh, you know, from wrestling, from what we want to call now historic wrestling, not not what we're used to today, but when these characters were really, um, I don't know I don't know how to describe it, they just felt like they were part of your family when you watched them. It wasn't, it wasn't showbiz like it became later on with the WWF, WWE. This was real wrestling. Yeah, it was all scripted, but it just felt so much more real than what wrestling became later on because wrestling blew up. It was more than just wrestling. It was a spectacle, specifically with WrestleMania. So I know Rick, I've known him a long time, and he's going uh, to have some great stories. 
Also, we finish off the proceedings with a spirited edition of Yes Guy, No Guy, and I've got mine done. I'm just wondering if you have yours all prepared, or is it an off-the-cuff Yes Guy, No Guy? It's a little bit of both, so Yes Guy, No Guy, whatever guy. Okay, guy? Yeah, okay. Um, you know, we'll take a break early and, and uh, hook up with Nick Kiprios, and then we'll uh, we'll squeeze up Angie Bolero into the same segment. So this is Yes Guides presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra, your intuitive road companion designed with features to connect and protect you. You can learn more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. Coming up next, Nick Kiprios, Angie Bolero. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050 and the TSN Radio Network. You're listening to The Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. I think we need a more emphatic Yes Guy. Presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra, your intuitive road companion designed with features to connect and protect you. You can learn more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website at braleyadvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Guest number one on this Saturday will be Mr. Nick Kiprio. Nick, how are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? I've got a brand brand new great show, and I've already screwed up by by showing up late, I guess. But no, nah, um, better late than never. That that's the way we're going to go with this. Yeah, just, yeah. just my, before. To, to, to my defense, though, you don't ask a guy with six concussions to call in on time, okay? <laughs> All right, you open the door, and you're in the book. The book is about you undrafted. Perry and you have put this together. And just before Perry gets in with the book questions, I want to ask you, how are you coping with the COVID situation, and what are you doing? Hi, uh, You know what, Jim? It's been a, a quite the whirlwind uh, uh, 12 months like everybody else. You just uh, you, you play the cards that you're dealt, and you find different ways to to hang in there and uh, a couple things that we've been able to do besides uh, write the book in the last 12 months uh, was able to uh, hook up with a, a Canadian company called i3 uh, that wanted the hockey content digitally so I uh, launched a real kipper at noon show with Doug McLean and that goes daily during the hockey season and then you could also find it on uh, on a YouTube channel uh, with some interviews and some some good conversation, hopefully what will be a hockey season fairly soon. We'll, we'll see how that plays out, but uh, it's linemovement.com and that's been fun. And the other thing we've been able to do is launch a beverage. I wanted to go completely out of hockey. So we formed a company called little Buddha cocktail company. Uh, it's a pineapple rosemary available in the LCBO. So uh, I urge people to try it as well. It's, been fairly successful up until this point we hope to go national soon jim so those are a couple mm. things that we've been doing now it's my turn to ask you i told you when we started to do the book i thought you had a story you said do you think anybody would care have you found there's been a lot of response towards the book that's made you realize that you did have a story to tell well especially in the danforth i've not been able to get a greek uh, a nice souflaki uh free since my leaf days and uh, since i've launched the book 
uh, yes, I've been able to uh, parlay that into a few souflakis and saganakis on the dance floor. But, yeah, it's been great in terms of um, coming out, telling my story. Uh, as we talked about, you know, it's twofold. It's the hockey story, uh, being undrafted and not being looked upon uh, as a teenager um, that had pro potential and finding different ways uh, to parlay that into a 12-year career and then the 21 years of, of broadcasting and, of course, uh, legendary matchups with Sportsnet and TSN and the whole industry um, taking off, you know, in the early 2000s. And, and that, to me, is a big part of the book, being a part of that, seeing the industry thrive, seeing everybody push uh, to raise the bar and having all the listeners, you know, across the country benefit uh, because of that competition. So, you know, yeah, you were right, Perry. I was wrong. More stories. Okay, good, because I want to do another book. You're ready to do another one? <laughs> Let me catch my breath, man. Go get O-Dog. O-Dog's got a good book out there. Believe it or not, I think we've uh, thought about that possibility, but for right now, we're going to concentrate solely yeah. on you. And I want to know, if this was Saturday for Hockey in Canada, you were still being part of that broadcast, would you have got yourself extra amped because it's hockey in Canada, or would it have been just like every other broadcast? No, not a chance, any other broadcast. And we know, you know, Saturdays in, in Canada is the equivalent to Sunday football in the United States where the country slows down and the focus is, you know, on the day's event uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, and then for us, it was Saturday night. So that, that uh, was a great part of, of the book and my history to spend Saturdays and we'd bump into Jim and we'd bump into you uh, uh, either, you know, uh, in the hallways or in the seats of the then Air Canada Centre um, and now the Rogers Centre or the Rogers um, or Scotiabank, I should say. I can't even keep track with my, my uh, naming rights here, but that was always a fun part. And then the build-up towards puck drop where the country could slow down one day a week and really enjoy their favorite teams across the country. That was such a special part to be a uh, special uh, to be a part of guys. You, you know, Nick, much like our friend, O'Dog, you, you did a marvelous job um, behind the mic. And, and so as a player, you'd have to process things very fast. And I would assume, and I know this for a fact, as a broadcaster, you got to be pretty slick too. Uh, what, what was what was the thing that um, that you were maybe surprised at when you started to do it that you couldn't have been aware of before? Well, just how everything is um, in a split second. You know, you got to be careful. There's uh, what was described to me as a safety net between your brain and your mouth, and if it doesn't catch certain things, Jim, uh, <laughs> it could it could end in a second. And to me, you throw stuff out there in a, in a dressing room and, you know, some things, uh, you know, can be taken out of context. It could uh, be uh, taken in a, in a different manner. And you've got to be so careful. And I, I did learn that early in my career that once it's out there, it, it's out there. You can never get it back. So you have to be careful. Just shooting your mouth off on air is never a really good idea. And it does take repetition. It takes practice. And like I've said in the book many times, sometimes you got to take a step or two back before you can make those advanced steps um, 
to, to further your yourself along. And I took I took a few lumps along the way, but message is pretty clear in the book. Find different ways to get to the same destination. That's extremely well said. Nick, I wish we had more time, and because of that, we'll have you back. No question about it. Thanks very much. Oh, and uh, fun listening to you guys. Take care. That's Nick Kiprios, uh, formerly former broadcaster and now uh, dabbling with uh, podcasts and a few other ventures and pleased to have him on. And now we're going to shift gears and, and bring in Angie Bolero. And uh, she is the president of Lazy Kitty Productions. She's written a child's book on a children's book on Manon Rayom. And of course, we remember her playing goal for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in 92 and 93. And then, of course, uh, in the ECHL and the IHL, among other stops for years after. And uh, Angie is with us now. And, and there's a movie in the works. Uh, also from Lazy Kitty Productions. Angie, welcome. How are you today? Hi. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh, just before we dive into the Manon Rayom story, on your Twitter account, it stops frequently to pet animals. How does that work? <laughs> I mean, what kind? there must be a story there, right? Oh, my gosh. You know, I am a bleeding heart for any sort of animal. I feel like any time um, I go for a walk with my husband. We'll go for a little walk, and it turns into, you know, two hours because I have to stop and pet every dog and cat and look at the lizards and you know, bring everything home with me. Uh, you know, that's the goal in my life is to bring all the animals back home and live with me, kind of like Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I wanted to ask you about, uh, well, first of all, the movie I think has been in, in the works for like five years. There's been a lot of Trials and tribulations, I understand it. Gary Marshall was in a, brought in it or came yeah. in as a producer, unfortunately passed away. Penny Marshall came on, and the same story with her. So I'm wondering, yeah. how have you been able to maintain this this vision and this uh, and hope that the movie will get done? Oh my gosh! I mean, that's the million dollar question. It really uh, trials and tribulations is <laughs> the correct way to describe it. Um, you know, I think it's very fitting. Mano and I talk about this a lot that it's been so difficult to get this story made. Uh, you know, we, we take a couple steps forward and then something happens and, and we take some steps back. And Mano jokes that like she's like, this is what my hockey career was. This is what it was like. And, um, you know, so like, well, of course, we couldn't tell your story without it being similar with the movie of just having to keep going forward, even though we keep hitting all of these roadblocks. Um, she did laugh one time and say, I think making a movie is harder than playing hockey. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but it's pretty close. <laughs> pretty did you have, sorry, did you have any experience skating or even more so like trying to learn the difference between skating, just figure skating or skating you know, pleasure in, in the rink versus hockey. So how did you how did you adjust all that? Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in Detroit, and, you know, we skate. We skate around in ponds, but skate, skate, like, you know, be able to skate and play hockey, absolutely not. Um, I mean, and I'm sorry to say this on a, on a Canadian talk show, but I was not a big hockey fan. I am now, though. I'm a very big hockey fan now. So I didn't even know, I mean, I didn't really know anything about hockey. When we had our first practice, Manomi, um, I didn't know that goalies had different skates. And I'm like, what the heck are these things? And then I felt like a five-year-old. She had to put all my goalie gear on me. I would, like, put my arms out. And, you know, she tie it in the back and put my, my leg pads on and all of this. So, I mean, I just had no clue what I was getting into. Um, so, yeah, I had, to, I had to learn everything. I mean, if she had played, I, I can skate, I can stand skates, 
But if she had played any other position than goalie where skating, you know, speed skating and, and the gracefulness of, of a skater is so important, oh, no, it would have never happened. <laughs> Well, as you know, we always deal with, uh, you know, the end of the equation. And, and some of the athletes that we cover, well, all of them make it look really easy. And I would suggest to you that she made uh, an interesting and, and land-breaking transition very easy. And, and we tend yeah. to sort of, uh, you know, assess her by how she played. But, I mean, the story really is, is who this person is and, and how she was able to do that. Who is, you know, how would you describe her as a person? You know, um, it's a really great point about that, about how we just kind of glaze over everything that she did. Manon is the most determined, competitive um, person that I've ever met in the best way possible. I mean, I think you have to be that to do what she did. Uh, once she decides she's going to do something, you know, that's it. Um, and she's so focused. Uh, that was something she talks a lot, a lot about is, her mental fortitude on the ice and her ability to go out there and block out everything else that was going on, which, you know, in general is a very difficult thing to do. And as any athlete knows, just getting out in the field, getting out on the ice, on the court, whatever it is, there's so many external factors that you have to block out, right? That's just a given for any sport. But then you take Manon, who had all these people who were constantly trying to knock her down and to get her out of the sport and, you know, saying negative things about her and all of this. And then she had to block that out too. And I think it's just, it's really extraordinary when you think about all the factors that were against her and yet she was still able to do it. And actually when I, when I, so when I started to play hockey, one of my coaches was Steve Valica, who was a former New York Rangers uh, goalie. And he's enormous. He's, he's so tall. And he'd get in the net, and he's covering the whole net because he's like six-something. And, you know, his arms and legs are long and all of his equipment, and there are barely any holes even, even for the puck to get through. Then I got in the net, and I'm Manon's height and weight. Like, we're, you know, identical. And so I'm this little five-six woman in here, and I'm like, wow, they're, they're – all this space, like I'm barely covering anything. And it really just kind of gave me a new perspective of what she did because she was so tiny and yet she was still stopping all of these pucks without the weight and the height of the men that were playing with her at that time, which is really just amazing. Angie, do you think you found the story or the story found you because doing the research, you and, and Manon have an awful lot of similarities, and maybe you can touch upon <laughs> some of those. Yeah, you know, I think the story found me, to be completely honest, because, like I said, wasn't a hockey player. Um, I, I own this company with my husband. We were working on our, our, our next feature and really wanted to do a sports film and had remembered in passing hearing about this woman playing in the NHL years and years ago when I was, you know, just, just a kid. And, so, and I hadn't thought about that for 15 years. And so how that came back to my head is just, you know, that's I'm like, this, this was just meant to be because, that, you know, I remember that. We looked, looked it up, and then it turned out, you know, it was only her. I had thought all these women were playing in the NHL. It was just Manon. And then, then it turns out she lived a half hour from where my parents are in Michigan, we had the same number. I played sports my whole life. My number was always 33. Her number was 33. Then we met, and we looked like twins, and we were just like, okay, this is <laughs> too much. This is meant to be. It's definitely fate. <laughs> 
Angie, on the way out, one last thing I have to tie up. Lazy Kitty Productions, does that mean you work when you want to? (laughs) I wish. I wish that was, as a New Yorker, um, you know, I just feel like we don't know how to ever stop. We uh, Actually, that was our, our cat who was so lazy, and he'd always sit on our computers while we were working. And so when we were thinking of title, he just lying sprawled across our computer, and we're like, ah, totally him. (laughs) (laughs) Angie, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. But in the meantime, let me tell you that our next guest will be Ricky Johnson. And on the way out, yes, guys, presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra, your intuitive road companion designed with features to connect and protect you. You can learn more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. This segment was sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website at BraleyAdvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050 and the TSN Radio Network. Now back to the Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. Yes, guys, presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra, your intuitive road companion designed with the features to connect and protect you. You can learn more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. Uh, coming up very shortly, Ricky Soulman Johnson, followed by the obligatory fourth segment, Yes, Guy, No, Guy, to bring a fast-moving broadcast to a screeching halt. It's the fastest 60 minutes in broadcasting, I would say, Perry. We're doing so. We're doing well so far, and I can't wait to do yes guy no guy. Prepared all week for this. Really, the last time you said that to me, disaster happened. So I've learned that when you tell me you're prepared for something, sometimes you're not. Guy, guy, you gotta, you gotta be gentler <laughs> on me, guy. Come on. <laughs> We're partners now, okay? Yeah, okay, guy, whatever. (laughs) You know, Ricky Johnson goes back to it, and I think if you went back a a number of years to uh, older times, it just seemed much more simpler uh, and maybe less uh, in terms of generating money, but I'm sure the athletes would would not agree with that. Just from a viewer's standpoint, Ricky Soulman Johnson is with us now. Ricky, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Our pleasure. I wrote back that also. Yeah, well, uh, you debuted in pro wrestling in 1978 in Hamilton. I'm wondering if it was the old telecenter on King Street. You were paid 25 bucks. You wrestled a lot at Maple Leaf Gardens back in the day. What was it like back then? Well, you know what? Uh, 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 talking to Jim now. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, back then it was uh, 25 bucks. I would have done it for nothing, but um, it was different back then. You know, we were trying to. Keep the business a little bit kayfabe and stuff, and um, it was a lot different. But it, you know, it was fun times. So, all right, Ricky, I've been waiting for this for probably well two days anyway. All right, because <laughs> I've been needing to ask probably you. Two days. <laughs> what is it? Okay, first of all, what's it like being the uncle of the Rock, a guy who's just superseded, you know, beyond just a. a, a a wrestling star. He's become a, a mainstream star and is, 
has done so many different things. Did you yeah. ever see that he had that capability? Uh, 100%, absolutely, yeah. Uh, when he was a little boy, we I, I used to see him doing promos when he was a little boy and stuff. And, uh, and uh, he followed us in our footsteps, and so, you know, things worked out, and uh, he's always been uh, dynamic and stuff, so. Can you explain to me what is it about wrestling? Why do why do people, men and women, want to be wrestlers? It's got to be like the craziest thing because you've got to be good on the mic. <laughs> That's funny. You've got to be good at wrestling. Yeah. You got to probably have a good memory. Yeah, that is so funny because I I really don't, I've done it for thirty two years, and I really don't get it myself. So um, people are just enthused with it, and um, uh, what we do, you know, like we've done something. Back in the old days of my time, with the Sheik and Sweet Daddy Siki, uh, we tried to fool people. But now we can't fool them. We don't try to fool you. And we just try to uh, portray it as it is. So, so I mean, what you said there about fooling people, I mean, that was that was a, a, an art form. There was a lot of um, theater. Not that there isn't now. I think there's maybe a little more athleticism. But there was a lot more theater in terms of 100%. the percentage of, of the performance. Uh, so it, when you look back on it, I mean, who influenced you? Um, my brother, Sweet Daddy Siki, as I've uh, uh, mentioned to, um, and the Sheik, the, the old, the, the original Sheik. And uh, those guys... Uh, paid my way for me so i appreciated that and you know like like you said jim the business has changed a whole lot now so okay ricky i'll take a shot at this right now i told you i saw a video of you and yes. it's you being dropped onto a pile of tacks yeah about what, what, what makes you wrestlers <laughs> do things like this because you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> You're basically who wants to get dropped on two thousand tax? <laughs> how long did it take the tax to get out of your body? How, how many people were used to pull these tax out? I, I, I believe I, I was in pain. <laughs> Obviously, Mister P, uh, I was in pain, but a bunch of people were pulling them out. So out of my head and my back and my you know stuff. So that, you know that's what we did back in those days. So. You know, and I, I don't want to criticize nobody because back then we were trying to protect the business. So. But it wasn't just back then. I mean, you've got guys currently doing that now. At least that mankind did that. He would do anything. He was hardcore yeah, all Mick the way. Yeah, great guy, yeah. So, Mick, Mick is the most amazing guy I've ever seen, by the way. Mick Foley. Yeah. Uh, he's the most amazing guy I've ever seen in our industry. And uh, he's done some stuff that is just off the top so you're listening Literally to yes guy <laughs> yes guy on tsn 1050 and the tsn radio network ricky soulman johnson is our guest jim taddy perry left go with you get inside hyundai's all-new elantra with an icon fully reimagined to keep you both connected and protected inside the available 10.25 inch touchscreen with navigation system and available wireless charging pad keeps you closer to everything you need plus with intuitive capabilities like available forward collision avoidance assist with pedestrian cyclist and junction turning detection the all-new elantra is always working to keep you safe visit hyundaicanada.com for more details about the all-new elantra and book a test drive today so soul man johnson i have to ask you this you're the uncle of the rock 
Yes, uh, I had an uncle, my father's one of my father's brothers, who would always tell people he was actually my father. Do you do that? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. But I'm proud of my nephew. Uh, he did it on his own, obviously, and uh, and my brother, his, his dad, um, laid the paved work for him. So everything's cool with that. So, and also, by the way, uh, I love what you said about keeping people safe because that. The times we're in right now, it's important to keep people safe. So. Mm-hmm. so, Ricky, yesterday there was, maybe today, the Macy's Parade with a gigantic figure yeah. of your nephew, and that yeah. figure was taken from when he was a sunshine boy for the Toronto Sun. From the Toronto Sun, it's, uh, 100%, yeah. He had the fanny pack on and stuff. <laughs> that was funny, Mr. P. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't you say you talked to him this week? He told you about it. Like, what do you guys yep. talk about? Well, we talk about uh, our family because we're a family, so we don't really talk about um, uh, like the stuff that he's done or that he's doing or anything. Uh, we just talk about family stuff and how's how's my wife and how's how's my aunt, and you know what I mean. So, so it's not like it is like when we want it. What does the rock sound like? What do you talk to him about? It's just again. He doesn't say. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> 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 he says to me, he says, Unc, I love you. <laughs> and that's great. You know, and one thing people should know is there's a documentary that's being made about you. I don't know when it's going to come out, but what it's coming it's been, out, what uh, hopefully next April. So what's it been like when somebody approached you saying, I think there's a story in you, and what was your reaction to all that? Um, it's cool. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm older age right now, so uh, I'm just happy for him and my family's success. So I'm, I'm cool with whatever they want to do. So, Soul Man, take us back into the ring. Can you think of something, uh, just because there were a little more theatrics way back when, something that happened that was somewhat hilarious, although it wasn't planned out to be that way? Uh, yeah. Is this Jim now? Yeah. This is a funny story, 100%. Um, I used to work with the Sheik, wrestle with the Sheik a long time ago, and uh, he, he put I, I put uh, stuff on my body uh, like baby <laughs> oil, and he threw a fire flame at me with a lighter. That's an obvious old trick uh, from the old days, and it caught on my caught on my chest, and, I, and he was trying to fight me. And I'm saying, my body, it just is burning. <laughs> So he kept hitting me, trying to turn it, uh, put the fire out and stuff. So, but you know, um, all those times that I had with Sweet Daddy and um, and the Sheik and all those guys, and um, they were good times. You know, we we tried our best back then, those days, to protect the business. But um, there's no need to protect it no more. It's, it's obviously a show, and we did our best to give. People's shows. Ricky, in researching you, I found out that you once wrestled in front of fifty-two thousand people in Aloha Stadium. So, yes. you know, you've, you've probably during your life have wrestled in front of ten people, and then there's like fifty-two thousand. Yeah. Is it any different? No, not in, not in my performance. <laughs> to be absolutely honest with you, not in my performance. There was never no difference. Uh, whether it was 10 people or 52,000 people, um, those 10 people paid. So, and those 52,000 people paid. So, there was never no difference. 
uh, my job was to go out and um, entertain the people. I tried to do that. Uh, Ricky, on the way out, tell me you never resorted to having the, the crumpled up bag of chips in your shorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> you, you don't want me to tell that story, do you? <laughs> oh, well, make sure it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, we did some things. Uh, you know, by the way, you know Mark uh, the Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Mark Callis. Yeah, Mark Ellis. He still owes me two bucks. <laughs> and I haven't got my money yet because we bet on the Blue Jays in 1998 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he never gave me my two bucks back, but he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, thanks for your time. Nice to reconnect. Thank you, and I appreciate you guys uh, Give me a call. And you all, please stay safe. Thank you very much. Ricky Soulman Johnson joining us talking about wrestling's past I, I don't know how far back you go perry there was this guy who used to play in the cfl much like angelo mosca who got into wrestling gene kaniski and he of course, used to throw everybody people knows who, come on yeah. guy everybody knows who gene kaniski well is. you yeah. remember he used to throw people into the ropes and then do that backhanded slap right across the throat which is just oh, i don't know if that was a good thing to do but boy it, would, it was stunning to watch and we didn't know any better. We were, no. I'll say, I was naive watching this stuff, thinking it was absolutely real. And that, to me, was the attraction of watching wrestling growing up. Well, it was fun, <laughs> to say the least. Unless it was the duration match, which could have gone on for 25 minutes, and it was just endless. But that was part of the TV programming. Uh, when we come back, we're going to play Yes Guy, No Guy. Yes Guy is presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra, your intuitive road companion designed with the features to connect and protect you. You can learn uh, more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050 and the TSN Radio Network. You're listening to The Yes Guy Show. Yes Guy. On TSN 1050. Oh, yes, guy. Presented by our friends, Hyundai Canada. Experience the all-new Elantra, their state-of-the-art sedan that elevates every journey with intuitive features like an available 10.25-inch touchscreen display with available wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto Plus advanced safety technology like available parking collision avoidance assist. The all-new Elantra goes above and beyond to keep you connected and protected. Learn more about the all-new Elantra by visiting HyundaiCanada.com or your local dealership, and that'll lead us to this. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the official Yes Guy edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. Go ahead, sir. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. tonight in an exhibition fight. Do you have any interest in it? A mild interest, but, you know, I have to say, with all due respect to Roy Jones Jr., even when he was fighting and he advanced the heavyweight level, it was apparent he had no heavyweight punch, and so he had limited success because he just couldn't deliver the punch and found it difficult to receive one. He's not a heavyweight. That That's the problem, and, you know, I don't know what kind of shape either one of these guys are in, so I have just basically mild interest. doesn't really fit the yes guy, no guy format, so I'm going to say no guy. I have I have no interest in it. How's that? It's okay, guy. It's either yes or no. I have no interest in it, in it at all, but I am surprised that Mike Tyson is still an enduring figure. 
Well, I mean, that's quite a story. You want to talk about a book. Uh, quite a story there, that's for sure. Uh, yes, guy, no guy from the first side or the first version from this side of the desk. The NHL season will resemble a lockout shortened season and will be 48 games, and they'll get it all cranked up by late January at the latest. And once it starts, few will forget that it was uh, an altered season. Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, guy. This is not the first time it's going to be a shortened season. The question is, or is it going to be an all-Canadian division, which I think would create way more interest in a shortened season, at least in Canada, than it otherwise would have been for a lockdown, a strike, or whatever you want to call it. So uh, I'm pretty keen on seeing this happen. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's so hard when you, when you realize what they're going through. And the NBA obviously gets way out in front. They announced the preseason schedule. The Raptors have three games, I, I believe, going from December 12th to the 19th, and then the season starts in the 22nd. So the NBA is the model of how to move forward. But you realize with the NHL, a little more complicated, uh, that it's not that easy to plan for what the world could be like in January going running to June or July. It's it's very hard to predict that. The NBA has found a way, and, and you have to salute them for that. Go ahead, sir. Okay. If I was to go to your place last Thursday, a couple of days ago, would I have found you sitting in front of the TV watching your beloved Detroit Lions? Oh, yes, guy. Opening touchdown and not much else. And my line on Twitter was, you could lease space in the Detroit Lions defensive backfield. I mean, the announcers, there were like two touchdowns there that blew that game open. Where the, I mean, it was like, uh, it wasn't even flag football. It was, uh, it was like uh, uh, social distance football in the coverage. It was unbelievable how open they were. And I just don't get, that team looks, you know, it looks at moments like it's got it going. And in other moments, it looks dysfunctional at best. So, uh, yes, guy watched it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, isn't it time? Isn't it time you switched off loving the Detroit Lions and move on? I never on said to I loved team? them. It's just, I, I just I'm a loyal guy, and I want to follow it to the end. Just got to read this liner here, so we don't get jammed at the end. Yes, guys, presented by Hyundai Canada. Get behind the wheel of the all-new Elantra. Your intuitive road companion, designed with the features to connect and protect you. You can learn more about the all-new Elantra at HyundaiCanada.com and book a test drive to experience it from the driver's seat. Yes, guy, no guy. Number two from here. This is a bad time to talk about a new baseball stadium uh, i don't think it's a bad time i think it's actually planned this way because they're not going to be playing in toronto anyway if you're going to build a stadium build it now because when they eventually come back to play here it'll be ready you're not going to wait a year to do it do it now or don't do it at all it is interesting because i think it gets into an economic discussion which i wish we had more time for so when everything is is sort of moving forward again what will the economy be like? Uh, will, it, will it just return overnight, which I think there's the expectation that it would do that, or do we spend a lot of time paying for you know, the, the deficit that we rolled up and how does that affect us? I mean, that's, that's a pretty serious discussion. And uh, the, when you apply it to sports, will, will all of a sudden all the revenues return to all the major sports, or will they be a little stuttered in their return? Don't know the answer to that. It's going to be fascinating. Guy, if they build it, will you come? I think it depends on the team, doesn't it? No, man, you're going to go. It's a new stadium. Come on, guy. Okay. I just, I'd just i like to be entertained for my money. Well, that's another story, okay? That what they're going to yeah. do with the ball club is totally different than building a new stadium, and hopefully people will want to come. Okay, lightning round, real fast. You watch less sports than you thought you were going to. Yes, guy. Yeah, you want I'm with Mike you on that for too. you? The, you want the yeah. rebound question? 
Yeah, well, I got 10 seconds. Hurry up. Okay. Austin Matthews is going to shave off his mustache for charity. Would you ever consider doing the same? Oh, emphatically, yes, guy. And on that note, Perry, you have yourself a great week, and thanks to everybody for stopping by and joining us on Yes Guy, TSN 1050 and the TSN Radio Network.